So what up, girl? Hello, Donald. Come on, Stormy. Stop making such a big deal about this. Everyone knows it's just an act. I work in adult films. We're not really known for our acting. Just tell me, what do you need for this to all go away? A resignation. Yeah, right. <laughs> Being president is like doing porn. Once you do it, it's hard to do anything else. Besides, my poll numbers are finally up. And speaking of polls being up. Oh, oh come on. We will, we'll always have Shark Week. I solved North and South Korea. Why can't I solve us? Sorry, Donald. It's too late for that. I know you don't believe in climate change, but a storm's a coming, baby. I've never been so scared and so horny at the same time. And live from, from New, New York, York it's, it's Saturday, Saturday night. night. It's Saturday Night Live. Welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week, we'll be discussing Season 43, Episode 19 of SNL with host Donald Glover and musical guest Childish Gambino. I'm John Murray, and with me as always is comedy aficionado and recently convicted former sitcom star Steve Finn. If you'd like to connect with either of us, you can do so at snlafterparty.fm. And if you're enjoying our podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or rather Apple Podcasts. Your subscription helps us grow, and your support is greatly appreciated. All right, enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Glover! Well, Steve, this is not our first run at the Donald Glover episode. I thought this felt familiar. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, we had to scrap our last recording. We had a, a special guest in on Monday to go through the episode with us. And unfortunately, his audio got mangled in transit and uh, we just weren't able to save it. But I want to just quickly thank Dave Buckman, who hails from Austin, Texas, for joining us on the cast. He is a, a sketch and improv impresario former instructor at Second City. He climbed through the ranks there. He directed shows for Second City, obviously performed and, and studied there. Uh, also an alum of the Annoyance and IO theaters in Chicago. So uh, he he knows what he's talking about. And he put us to shame a little bit because the insights that he could offer <laughs> on uh, the, the quality of the sketch writing and performances, it was really fantastic. So it was it was amazing to have him up. And we really enjoyed the conversation. We recorded for like two plus hours. and. Can't use a minute of it. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks because he was an amazing plethora of knowledge for the show. Mm -hmm. Definitely want to have him back on. Yeah. And and we will. As soon as we can work out the technical kinks, we're going to have him back up, I'm sure. Um, and not just a, a plethora of knowledge, but he also regaled us with some stories of coming up through the Chicago scene in the mid to late 90s. Uh, he headed out to Amsterdam with Boom Chicago uh, alongside Seth Meyers and so many other sketch luminaries. So this guy's seen a few things and uh, he, he really was a great guest to have up and someone that I think our audience would really connect with uh, a lot of his experiences and the insights that he could offer offer on SNL and, and so many of the, the players that have come through SNL that he's worked with personally or just, you know, uh, has history with. So it, it was a real big loss and I'm still a little, little sad that we're not going to be able to release that. But like you said, we're going to work on getting him back up and maybe sometime over the summer, uh, we'll be able to have a nice chat with him and, and, uh, make up for the loss. Yes. Cause we did lose some gold. <laughs> yes. 
Before we jump into the cast, I just want to go over a few of the events that Dave Buckman was going to talk about that he actually produces and runs out in Austin, Texas. He is running the Austin Sketch Fest on May 21st to 27th, and you can learn more about that at atxsketchfest.com. And he also runs the Out of Bounds Comedy Festival in Austin, Texas, and that's running August 28th to September 3rd. And you can find out more about that at Out of Bounds Comedy. So hopefully... uh some of our listeners can find their way out to those events. I'm sure that they'll have a great time if they do. One of the things that uh, Dave explained was that when he headed out to Austin, there was hardly anyone performing improv out there. And there's really been a boom over the last several years. And now there's you know several hundreds, if not thousands, of uh, very talented individuals uh, embracing the, the sketch and, and improv communities out there. And he runs a theater out there, and he's right in the thick of it. And he was helping to kind of put Austin on the map for sketch comedy. So if anyone is out that way and wants to support those uh, festivals, I bet they'll have a great time. Before we start our episode recap, I just want to preface this uh, by letting our audience know that we're going to be doing kind of a truncated episode tonight. We're going to sort of do a a rapid fire review and try and get in and out quickly because uh, I want to get this cast up sooner than later. And I'm just out of time with all of the technical snafus from earlier in the week. I just, I got to, got to kind of blitz this one. So we're not going to, uh, get deep on the sketches. We're just going to kind of give our thumbs up, thumbs down and see where we land on the Donald Glover episode. And with that said, you want to look at the cold open? Yeah, let's get into it. Great. Trump lawyer, Michael Cohen bumbles his way through a series of incriminating phone calls. And we get possibly one of the biggest parade of cameos ever. Uh, we get Ben Stiller, Alec Baldwin, Martin Short shows up, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson is back, Jimmy Fallon, and then it all culminates with a surprise appearance from the real Stormy Daniels, who explains to Trump that, well, a storm is coming. So uh, that's what we get for our cold open. Was this a win? Was this a loss? What is your hot take? I will say this is a win. Okay. Some people get a little soured when they get a little heavy on the celebrity cameos, and you know, it of course, it's going to elicit a big reaction from the crowd. So every time you got to stop to let the audience applaud, you know, that's one more joke you could do for the sketch. So it does sacrifice uh, certain things in that way. But overall, it was a good time. And I thought it was fun for what it was. All right. Fair enough. This was okay. I enjoyed it. I do like cameos. I don't get as uh, kind of cynical on them as, as some people do. I don't know if we needed Stormy Daniels. I think that that might not age super well, but still, you know, as a headline grabbing move, it certainly is going to get the show a little bit of attention. So for what it was, the cold open was perfectly serviceable. It was enjoyable, if not the greatest thing we've ever seen. So I'm going to give it a marginal win myself and let's jump into the monologue. Sure. Donald Glover really can do anything. He really can do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was, uh, his, uh, usual charming self. You know, he's uh, he's a little bit more reserved than he was when he was a full-on comedic actor on Community and Dare Comedy. Mm-hmm. He's matured a little bit as a performer, right. got more in music, but it was nice to see a little bit of goofy Donald Glover up there, which uh, is not as often seen. And for some of the awkward moments of it, I thought it did play to a, at least a marginal win. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think it was the greatest thing ever. We had such high hopes for the Donald Glover episode that I thought that there was going to be a really stunning monologue (laughs) surface, and we didn't get that. So maybe this suffered a little bit from my expectations. For what it was, it was serviceable, but 
I felt like uh, some of the jokes, the back and forth with Beck and with Keenan, uh, I don't think that that came together really well. That that felt a little, <laughs> a little awkward. <laughs> and he was a bit more low energy and just a little kind of smoother and cooler than I was expecting. So there was a lot of this that I just didn't feel set a really exciting tone for the show. So it wasn't what I was hoping to see, but I can't say it was bad. You know, he did deliver it well. He did a really great pratfall. He delivered his opening run of jokes pretty well. So this wasn't bad. It just wasn't amazing. And because it's Donald Glover, we were looking for amazing. So at this point, I'm just wondering, okay, what's this show going to shape up to be? Because I'm just not feeling like a super uh, enthusiastic amount of excitement kind of falling out of the screen yet. So it just had me uh, scratching my head a little bit about what we were going to see. Yeah. So let's move on. Hope it gets better. Yeah. So our first live sketch, even the most charismatic of lawyers can't defend Jurassic Park's ongoing dino rampages. Yay or nay? Oh, this is a yay. Yeah. Uh, We're starting off with a a pretty good sketch. Mm -hmm. I thought Donald was pretty amazing. I assumed he'd be, you know, kind of leading the charge on a lot of these sketches. Right. And that's exactly what he's doing here. And I just loved his characterization of a, you know, a Johnny Cochran type. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very aggressive brass balls lawyer. It's just funny how he really doesn't have a leg to stand on with uh, this whole Jurassic Park (laughs) controversy. Yeah. He's defending the indefensible. Yes. And it's fun to watch him squirm and, and try with all his might to do the impossible. Yeah. He's got all the bluster and charisma, but there's absolutely no amount of lawyering voodoo (laughs) that can turn this jury. No. I thought this was good. I liked it. Like you said, his character was really strong there. It felt like he was pouring himself into the role. So this had me feeling better about the show because this is Donald Glover showing that, yeah, he can, you know, jump into a sketch, uh, be the, the leading character and really bring a lot of force to his performance. So I was liking this. I was liking how I was feeling about it. I liked just the way the sketch unrolled with so many lawyer movie tropes and cliches and even his comedic uh, water pouring was a a fun moment. So he was able to do a lot with what he was handed there and, and all the sporting players, Cecily and uh, Leslie and Keenan all brought a little bit. So it, it came together really nice. I felt like this was a fun ride for sure. Yep. Before we move on, I just want to offer our sympathies to Luke Nall because apparently he rolled his ankle pretty bad during that little pre-tape segment on the TV where he gets mauled by a T-Rex. Not really sure how that happened since it didn't look like he even had to walk (laughs) to play that part. But somehow, yeah, he took a spill and uh, hope he's doing well. We'll find out in a couple days. (laughs) What luck this guy has. Yeah. Yeah. He can't catch a break. Moving on. We get our first pre-tape friendos. A hip hop group seeks therapy to resolve some emotional conflict with a special appearance from ASAP Rocky. Was this a win? Was this a loss? Oh, it was a win. Oh, for sure. I was uh, on the floor with this one. Lavin, Mm -hmm. not only impressed by the accuracy of recreating the Migos look and aesthetic and style, Mm -hmm. But yeah, this was a great kind of spin on just, you know, showing a, a certain persona that's meant to be usually very stoic and, and kind of sure. hard and, yeah. and gangsta. You know, you wouldn't <laughs> normally see them open up like you would at group therapy sessions. So right, right. I, I really enjoyed that exploration and it did make for a lot of laughs. So it's a win. Yeah, this was a great sketch. This is one of the best pre-tapes of the season, if you ask me. I feel like end-to-end, this was fantastically crafted. Production values were all there. We don't need to go into it. Performances were great, especially Chris Red continuing to impress. Like He really embraced that role and kind of got deep into the character. 
I loved everything about it. I loved the sharp editing where they would drop out of the music video mode back into the therapy mode and then quickly smash back into the music video to punctuate the joke of, you know, like group hug, group hug. All of that was amazing. And then they had a, a great way to exit the sketch where uh, one of the rappers acknowledges the other one's <laughs> worth and they have that cute little interchange out in the lobby. Yeah. Putting what they learned uh, in practice. <laughs> exactly. It was very adorable. Yeah. There was some serious emotional growth and uh, incredibly satisfying to watch. So high praise. Loved every minute of it. Oh, for sure. This was actually the baby of Will Steven, Gary Richardson, and Chris Red. So I think they deserve high marks for crafting that pre-tape. So let's keep rolling. Let's look at our next live sketch. We get Raz P. Berry's 1986 R&B hit single, The Night I Watched You. Now, I want to give a quick shout out to listener Upsilod On, who pointed out that this is based on a real song, which is called The Rain by Oren Juice Jones. Clever moniker there. And apparently it's Cecily Strong that's been driving all of these retro music video type sketches we've been getting lately. So I guess this is just something that she's really into and she's finding that it's a good source to mine for comedy. And I, I think we got another fun outing with it. What did you make of it? Win or lose? I felt that. A lot of what was working here was the chemistry between Cecily and Donald. Mm -hmm. They uh, they had to play off each other and really pay attention to the cues because, you know, while he's about to be cut off, he has to take back the power in the conversation. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's only so many ways you can almost speak. Right. So really good stuff. Yep. Yep. It unrolled really good. And you're right. Their back and forth was very tight. Um, I just felt it was a win. I felt like, you know. The look was good. The song was good. Everything about it just was a lot of fun. So I enjoyed it. Me too. Excellent. Let's keep rolling. We get another pre-tape, a Kanye place. Kanye West's recent publicity stunt spell doom for a group of friends fleeing from a ravenous monster. A lot of really smart commentary being made here. Mm -hmm. It was also a parody of a recent movie and it was funny. So it ticked off a lot of boxes for the show mm -hmm. because uh, there was a lot working here. It's it's pretty easy to uh, let yourself get distracted by, <laughs> you know, things that are, are pretty outrageous, but uh, they're definitely not what is actually the most important thing to be paying attention to. Right. And I think this illustrates that point in a very humorous and uh, clever way. Yeah, I think this was smarter than it had any business being for uh, like a movie tie-in kind of pre-tape. I enjoyed it too. I thought the look was really good. I have seen the movie, so I was picking up on all the little visual flourishes that uh. they built in. So uh, there was a lot that they got right here. And yeah, it's a, an apt analogy of staying focused on what really matters because sometimes it's life or death. <laughs> sometimes, you know, you just got to find out if you said poopity scoopity. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So I had fun with this so far. A pretty solid first half of the show. Let's round it out. Let's see what we make of our next live sketch. A couple struggles to spice up their love life with some very literal dirty talk. We are revisiting the Aziz Ansari sketch with Melissa Villasenor from last season. Um, they didn't go anywhere new with it, but were we happy to see it again? I was happy to see it. Okay. I think Melissa is perfect for stuff like this. You know, this was all performance based. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no cutaways. There's no camera pans or tilts. It's really just a straight master shot on them in the bed the entire time. So it's really up to the performers to make this work. And uh, I think Melissa just has that perfect charm. Like she's she always seems like she's having fun and she always seems like she's not completely focused and taking it seriously. But that's really just her personality. And, and it. It's kind of adorable. 
We know. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. This is fun. And it's one of the more memorable things that Melissa has been able to do so far on the show. So anything that gives her a moment in the spotlight and reminds us of kind of the charm and the earnestness that she can bring to a role, I think is worth it. I was happy to see it again. Uh, once a season is enough for me because they're not going to go anywhere with it, but for what it was, it was a lot of fun. I just, I love how sincerely she is trying to apply his direction and she just, she just can't keep up. She just can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a look at Childish Gambino who performed Saturday and for his second song, This Is America. We having fun with this? Yeah, I was having fun with it. My mother thought he looked a lot like Donald Glover (laughs) and I just enjoyed explaining her why that was. Sure. Uh, (laughs) That was a fun conversation. All right. (laughs) But as for Childish Gambino, the musician, he's got the whole package. You know, he's, he's fun to watch as a performer. Right. He's definitely got the chops to to hit those high notes, whether it's his head voice or from the diaphragm, you know, he's clearly uh, got talent Mm -hmm. and there's a reason why he's been so successful on a multidisciplinary level. Yep. It was a lot of fun. These were solid songs. Uh, I haven't heard much of his more recent stuff. And so it was kind of interesting to see the evolution of where he's taking his music, because there's a lot of influences in here that you won't hear in his very early stuff, which is really the only stuff that I was more intimately acquainted with. So this was fresh. This was fun. Uh, he's a solid performer. You know, he really gets into his performances and you can tell that he really believes in the music that he's producing and he sees it as his art. And that comes through. There is something that that's pretty sincere about what he's doing. And, uh, I think it was all working really well, especially love those lasers in the second song. Like that's a, a pretty neat trick to pull off an eight H. So uh, yeah. High marks. Thought it was really good. Yeah. High praise. Our podcast is proud to be supported by award-winning Chicago-based comedy troupe LL Cool Beans, who you can see perform improv every Tuesday night at 8 PM at the legendary IO theater in Chicago, Illinois. The Mecca of improv where SNL stars, Cecily Strong, Seth Meyers, Tina Fey, and so many others hone their craft. As the IO Cage Match Grand Champions, LL Cool Beans features Sam Bowers, Sarah Drew, Griffin Griggs, Jacob Kenobi, Claire McFadden, Alex Moss, Brian Tochterman Jr., and Kim Quindlin. Get your tickets now at ioimprov.com. And our thanks to LL Cool Beans for their support. Let's take a look at Weekend Update. For their lead-in, Jostin Che tackle Rudy Giuliani's Stormy Daniels payoff admission. How are we feeling about the opening salvo this week? Thought it was all right. Maybe a little bit shaky to start off, Mm -hmm. but I thought these guys had some uh, really innovative stuff here. I thought it was uh, not the greatest run of weekend update, but there's never a time where I haven't been enjoying it Mm -hmm. as of late. So it's going to be a win for me. I've seen better, but it was good. Yep. I agree. Uh, you're right. It did start out a little slow. It needed a couple minutes to ramp up, but by the time Che had gotten to that FBI joke, they were bringing it. So yeah, uh, I enjoyed it too. You're right. Not the high watermark for the season, but perfectly serviceable. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about our first feature. Pete Davidson is bitter that Jost and Che are hosting the Emmys. This is something that Pete can pull off and you know, he could do jealousy. Well, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, he can be petty. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, he can do petty. Now, this might not be the best weekend update bit I've seen from him, but it's nowhere near a uh, complete crash and burn. It's uh, it's perfectly serviceable and acceptable. Yep, uh, I feel very similar. Uh, not as high watermark. I still grade everything based on how close it comes to his uh, Staten Island rant from a few episodes back. I feel like that's probably the best we've seen of Pete at the desk. And so this is definitely amusing and enjoyable, but I don't feel like it was as tight or that he was quite as dialed into it. 
Yeah. I felt like it was a little, you know, sloppy and a little low energy at moments, but overall it was perfectly amusing. So I'll call it a marginal win myself. Okay, cool. Leslie Jones discusses how she picks the worst men win or loss. Oh, this is a win. This is uh, some of the best stuff I've seen Leslie do in a while, actually. Uh, yeah, this is lifted straight from her stand-up. So, you know, she's all over this material. She knew exactly how to punctuate it and and really help it to flow. So I felt it worked pretty well. I liked it. I wouldn't say it's the best thing we've seen from Leslie, but it was uh, a pretty nice way to round out Weekend Update. I enjoyed it a lot. Great. Okay. Back half of the show. We get a live sketch. Lando Calrissian welcomes you to the first ever Galactic Summit for all black humans. This is a Mikey Day Streeter Seidel outing. Uh, how do you feel? Was this a win? I don't know if I can call it a win per se. There were times I was having fun with this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it is a funny concept. You know, there's not a lot of black people in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. I think they got a few jokes out of it. Some good psych gags, but definitely not a win among some of the winners tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of there with you. I feel like this was good in concept, but I don't think there was enough here to support three minutes of comedy. I feel like once you get that reveal <laughs> that there's only three people in the audience, there's really nowhere else terribly clever to go with it. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't, you know, they kind of tried to work in a lounge act a little bit and they, they tried to play with it, but all of those little kind of side bits, they didn't really serve the sketch or bring it anywhere satisfying. So to me, this is the first loss, not a dumpster fire, but just a marginal loss. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. A group of Mattel interns attempts to caption some Barbie social media photos. Win or loss? Yeah, I guess uh, we got a couple of losers in a row for the last (laughs) half, which is unfortunate. But I just didn't feel like this came together. I felt like there was two different sketches going on. We had the, the two interns that just, you know, couldn't get certain things out of their mind, no matter how many times they were corrected. Right. Well, we have Donald Glover kind of putting a, a macabre, much darker spin on these images than than anyone would be expecting. There might have been some potential here. They focused up and kind of trimmed the fat, but the way it went out, it was not working. Yeah, this one didn't really build anything great. And you're right that the characters, I don't think they each had a unique enough perspective to warrant as many times as they went around, like it it started to feel very repetitive and you knew exactly kind of what each character was going to have to say each time they visited a new photo. So it wasn't terribly exciting. Didn't really build anything great. So to me, yeah, another marginal loss again, not terrible, just needed to be focused in and and just structurally it needed to be tinkered with a bit more before this was going to start to feel fun for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're on the same page. Yes. So that brings us to our 10 to 1 sketch. Three inmates discuss the hardships of prison life while providing some exceptional customer service. Win or loss? I'm going to say it's a win. Okay. I had fun with it. Good. It's always something I wonder about when I'm dealing with someone in sales or customer service. Because mm-hmm. you know you're not dealing with that actual person. You're dealing with the face they put on to <laughs> deal with the public. Right. And you know they'd much rather spit on you after a long day. Sure. <laughs> it's really funny to see that juxtaposition. Uh, for some inmates in, a, I guess, some kind of workplace program. Right. Yeah. And going from that prison street talk to that um, very pleasant customer service melodic type of voice. Right. It's really funny. Okay. Yeah. This, again, to me, was a really great concept that just didn't have three minutes of comedy in it. I feel like it was a, a fun setup. I felt like 
all of the characters were bringing something good to the table. But once you set up that these are call center reps and you go around the table once, there just wasn't really anything else there. And I had some fun moments with it, but it just didn't leave me satisfied. All right. Okay. So first half of the show, pretty solid back half of the show. Maybe not quite so much. So how does it all stack up? Well, let's find out moment of the night. (laughs) What do you got? My moment of the night is during the cold open. Okay. When uh, Michael Cohen says that he uh, dialed star 89, (laughs) says it's a totally secure line. As soon as they jump cut to the FBI agents, kind of just shaking their heads at the stupidity. Incredulous that anyone is that naive. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So it's funny for that reaction. Plus the reveal that they are in fact being listening. (laughs) Right. There's a lot of reasons you're laughing in that moment. And I thought it was a very rich part of the show. Yep. Fun flourish. They're painting Ben Stiller's lawyer as very incompetent. So it was nice that this was uh, an opportunity to highlight that and play it up a bit. And yeah, that was a fun moment. I will definitely agree with you there for my moment of the night. I am going with that fun little moment in the middle of the friendos pre-tape when one of the rappers kind of puffs up a bit and tries to put the therapist in her place and she just completely owns him. She like turns it around and, you know, (laughs) just kind of shuts him up with her uh, psychology voodoo. I, I felt like that was a lot of fun. Just the way that they edited that together, how quickly it kind of came and went, it just really kind of like surprised me. And I I just really thought that was a great little beat to throw in the middle of that sketch and just made it all the more satisfying. Yeah. It was fun end to end, but that moment, I, (laughs) I got a solid belly laugh out of that little interchange. So that's going to take it for me. All right. Best sketch. My favorite sketch was that courtroom sketch. The one right after Mm -hmm. the monologue. I just thought it was a, a funny concept to explore and Donnie nailed it. Yeah, it was definitely the first thing I saw on the show that made me feel good about what Donald Glover was going to be able to do. So, yeah, it was uh, enjoyable for that. And yeah, fun, fun ride. I enjoyed it, too. But I'm sticking with Friendos. Uh, I feel like that was an exceptionally well-realized pre-tape. Good writing, good production, good editing. Everything about it felt really good. And again, performances were all top-notch. Cecily was a great foil to them. All three of the rappers, their back and forth was great. Keenan as, you know, the guy who's sole purpose in life is to run with whatever the other guys say. Um, There's just a lot of character and charm that they got into that pre-tape and and I felt it was all really, really working. So fun ride. I think it was great. Oh yeah. That needed mention. Yes. So glad you said it. Okay. MVP. It's Donald Glover. Okay. Yeah. There's no way around it. And I fully expected to give it to him before I saw the show because I know what he's capable of. I mean, he was going to be trusted with uh, all facets of the show. So, yeah, it's really hard not to give it to him, considering that he was also the musical guest. I'd be giving it to him just for his performance as an actor. The fact that he was killing it as musical guest, too. Like, come on, you, you can't not give it to him. All right. Well, I can respect it. I mean, they did put a lot of trust in him. He was front and center in most of the material. So um, he definitely was an ever present feature in the show, but I feel like there was one player that was going toe to toe with him the whole way. And that was Cecily. She was everywhere tonight and not just everywhere. She was doing some great work. She was his foil, like in pretty much all the live material. And, uh, you know, she was a therapist. She just, she did some really good stuff tonight. Yeah. No, well, if any cast member deserves it, it's going to be Cecily tonight. Yeah. So I'm going with her. I can't fault you for picking Donald. It was a good showing for him, but we have actually had a few other hosts this season that I feel like actually surprised me more than Donald Glover did. So 
I, I feel like Cecily was the surprise for me. I was expecting great things from Donald. I didn't expect that she was going to have as many great moments in the show as she did. So oh. <laughs> either way, they both did good. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> the buddy comedy is coming. I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the big question on a scale of classic, great, decent, weak, or train wreck, how would you rate this episode? I'm going to give it a great. Okay. It's uh it's a marginal great, but I think it just surpasses the decent mark because there was too many fumbles to give it a full on classic or even a high rated great. Mm-hmm. But I love me some Donald Glover and he gave me a more than enough to have a great time tonight. Okay. Uh, I can respect it. I am fallen just on the other side of the line. I feel like we had a really strong opening half of the show and I feel like we had a pretty weak back half of the show, which is typical of SNL, but since it is typical of SNL, I think that that results in a fairly typical outing. So I'm going to call this decent. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was a good show, but I don't think there was anything that really pushed it into solid, great territory. We had a couple of really good pre-tapes, but overall pretty serviceable, but middle of the road show. And I'm okay with that. (laughs) Still liked it. All right. Okay. Very good. Now, before we sign off a quick program note for the rest of the season, We're going to be changing things up just slightly next week. We are going to be back to cover Amy Schumer, but Steve and I are going to do another truncated cast. We're going to do another rapid fire rundown uh, just because I'm going to be time crunched in order to make my flight to New York city, because I am going to the SNL season finale. And uh, while I'm in New York, I'm going to be meeting up with friend of the show, comedian Kendall Ketchum, and we're going to record the final outing of the podcast in New York at a cafe in Greenwich Village, which seems very fitting to me. So (laughs) that is our big plan for the rest of the season. I'm going to be down in the standby line doing a little bit of man on the street interviewing of some of the miscreants that are going to be sleeping out, trying to get tickets. And uh, I'll be putting out little mini casts along the way, if I can get my iPad to cooperate. So hopefully there'll be a few little surprise, uh, mini casts dropping in the feed throughout the week. And, uh, hopefully it's amusing for our listeners to kind of hear what's going on in and around Rockefeller center. So if that sounds fun to any of our listeners do tune in. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a fun week, but in order to do that, I have very limited time to edit the next episode. So we're going to be trying to move quick and, and just get it up before I hit the road. And so I hope our uh, listeners will stick with us. And uh, as we move into the summer, we'll do kind of like a proper season recap and just kind of do a little bit of cleanup and cover some of the things that we weren't able to get to throughout the season. So lots more to come and uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. Let's cast. Thanks as always to Steve Finn and thanks as well to our guest in absentia, Dave Buckman. You can connect with Dave on Twitter at Dave Buckman. And finally, a shout out to our most generous patrons, Sam Bowers, Jonathan Jordan, and Aaron and Trader. If you're enjoying our podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Our patrons get early ad-free access to each new podcast episode, as well as many other exclusive member rewards. You can learn more about all the ways you can support the cast at snlafterparty.fm. We'll be back in one week when SNL returns with host Amy Schumer and musical guest Casey Musgraves. This has been episode number 47 of the Saturday Night Live After Party podcast. I'm John Murray. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. Uh, Thanks to Alec Baldwin, Ben Stiller, Martin Short, Jimmy Fallon, Scarlett Johansson, Stormy Daniels, Zoe Kravitz, Daniel Kaluuya. And thanks to these wonderful writers in this cast. My new video is out. Check it out.
Sounds like that ice cream Lambo was important to you. Mm -hmm. And when he bought it first, you felt... Invisible. Visible! You needed him to hear you. But instead of being present, he was gone. Look, I see that I hurt you. I'm sorry, dog. I think I was acting out because I just missed our friendship. You know, before the money, before the Lambo. Lambo. Hey, man, I miss that, too. You know what I mean? Like, you think we can work on it? We sure can. Wow. You see what that was? Hey. Hey, 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 hey. Breakthrough. We got some issues, hear me some issues. We haven't heard much from you today. Huh? You haven't spoken up at all. Yeah, yeah I have. I, I've been repeating. Repeating what these two say, I, I know. But what do you think? I, I don't know. Nobody care what I think. I just do the ad lib. Hey, that's not true, man. Yep. Come on, let's, man. Let's let him speak. First of all, don't interrupt me, bitch. I'm talking to my brother. Well, well, instead of talking, bitch, how about you listen? Oh, damn.